Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get ready. It's time for... Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On King of OX. It is a fun night. John Hancock here. Michael Kelly, well, he's out of town. That happens about once every month or sometimes twice a month. But have no fear. Sitting here is Michael Kelly's brother-in-law, Paul Boschert, a great St. Charles County resident. Paul, you're the athletic director of Duchenne High School. You've had a decorated career as athletic director all throughout St. Charles County, St. Charles West. And uh, Fort Zumwalt South. West. Fort oh, Zumwalt West. How dare me to forget that. <laughs> Welcome aboard, big boy. Thanks, John. It's great to be back. It's uh, been a few months. I was back here in January. Yeah, we had the flood then. The uh, flood was going on. And yeah. we also had the uh, NCAA, the uh, football championship night. And we thought we had two listeners as we were starting our broadcast that night. But by the time that blowout took place, we had thousands oh, of people. Oh, we had like yeah. f- five or six by the time that thing was over. Yeah, that was a Georgia. By the way, they're playing our Mizzou Tigers this coming weekend. I think that's probably a lost cause. If I really think if they lose that one, I think they can still run the table at the end. Could. And, and be, but they could also go the other way. Yeah, So because we've got what, Tennessee – Florida, Florida, and then Arkansas after yeah. that. Yeah. So the Thanksgiving mean, weekend, that'd be some tough games. Well, I get I get in the car tonight. I'm <laughs> enjoying my dinner. My wife Georgianne, Kyle is with us tonight. Hello, Kyle. Good to have you. How's it going? Doing well. Kyle working the board for us, and uh, Georgianne made pork tenderloin with a little gravy on there. Uh, she made scalloped potatoes, Paul. And an amazing asparagus. And I'm eating and I'm enjoying my dinner. And I thought, ah, I got to go to KMLX. So I gather up my stuff. I run out the door and I get in the car. I'm driving downtown. And I thought, ooh, I need to get with Paul and, uh, you know, tell him. Because it's a rigmarole getting into this parking garage at night. It's not easy. So I tell the gal there on the car. I said, uh, call Paul Paul Boschert on mobile. And you know what she said to me, Paul? I can only imagine. She said there's no phone connected. (laughs) (laughs) Reminding me that I've left my phone on the kitchen table uh, after having that magnificent dinner. So now I'm freaked out. I I don't have my phone. So if if you're Doug or one of our regular listeners who texts me during the show, I can't see it. And so my phone is in Chesterfield. Myself is in downtown St. Louis. And uh, you've had 
phone experiences yourself, Paul Boschard. Yes. Well, I, I, first of all, I was a little worried tonight. I got down here at Camo X, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes early. I texted you. I called you. And I thought, you know, you're always great about responding. I am very, you're very very prompt. good at that stuff. I am. So 10, 15 minutes passed by, and finally, oh, here's John sending me. Hi, this is George Ann. John left his phone at home. He'll be down in a minute. So I thought, there you go. Yeah, so, but I did. I had, uh, I think my, my favorite one is probably uh, uh, last year, Michael. Last year. Yeah, Michael and yeah. I and my wife and Michael's mother, Barb, my mother-in-law. Yeah. We go on a trip to New York. Oh, that's right. And saw uh, Billy Joel. Yes, we had a great time in New York. But the, the fun started when we were just about to board the plane over at uh, Lambert, yeah, and uh, next thing you know, Barb is looking around. She can't find her, her cell phone. Michael's poor mother. Yes, we felt bad for her, but we thought this would be a great opportunity for her to enjoy the three of us and not worry about the phone. But she she has her all of her kids on that everything. line. Her sister, everything's on there. And it was just, I, I felt bad for her because, you know, she, oh. she relies on that phone all the she time. She had to be out of sorts the whole trip. Yeah, we we, we got her through it. And yeah. my wife was great because she uh, she had her phone and, and, and Barb would share on Colleen's line and, and check back at home. But uh, we felt bad for her. We were there for like four nights. Is and, there anything worse? I mean, as, as connected as we all are now. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to be fine. My car's out there. I've got my fiddle. I can get out of the garage. I can get home. I've got. I can open my garage door when I get home, uh, but I don't have my phone. And you just kind of feel weird because uh, you know, for for the show, I a lot of times I'll get online and look stuff up, you know, so I can ask intelligent questions. Well, I don't have to worry about that on Monday nights. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just a weird feeling not having the old cell phone. And you and I are you know a couple years apart, but what did we do when we were younger? We didn't have phones. And what uh, do you remember your first cell phone? I had a flip phone. One oh, of those flip okay. Phone. That yeah. was pretty cool. And then, uh, but I, I, I think it was probably maybe twenty years ago when I became an athletic director. I had to have something. Yeah. I got my got my little flip. Did phone. you ever wear a pager? No, I did not. Okay, I had the pager first, uh, and then and then I had my first phone was a bag phone. You ever see those? Oh yes, yeah. It was a phone and this before your time, Kyle. Uh, it was a phone and a bag. And it's a big old heavy thing. Yes. You know, and you've got this big monstrous with the and the buttons were like, you know, huge on the thing. You're punching the button. Ding, ding, and you can't dial, you can't go dee, 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 like you can now. You had one number at a time. And more often than not, you couldn't hear, you know, with that sucker. And uh yeah, that was my first phone. Yeah, and then I got a one of those iPhones, I guess, that I had to get because my other one. You never had a BlackBerry. You didn't go through the no, BlackBerry. No, I did not. You I never went through the no, BlackBerry. We, I, you know, as a teacher and a coach, you yeah. know, we didn't have phones in at school. You know, and the yeah. kids didn't have them back then either when I first started. Right, but they all have them now. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> and they then do. Some, so yeah. So you've done a lot of coaching over the years. So is is there a is there a cut that you made at some point that you look back on and say, yeah, man, really, I kind of. Regret cutting that kid. There's always some good kids that you cut that you try to see if they can hang on to yeah. be a manager for the team. Right. They try to do those kind of things. Yeah. So, But I realistically know because what I used to do with my teams is I would uh, – I always had a conversation with each of the kids that I was going to cut yeah. and give them an opportunity maybe to cut themselves by right. saying, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you, but I want to let you know that you're probably not going to get to play much. You're welcome to be on the team, a spot on the bench. You know, you might come in every once in a while and let the kid know that, you know, uh, and give them the opportunity either to stay or to cut themselves. And, and uh, I guess they probably know, right? Yes. I mean, they, they, they're in practice. They see what's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they probably – so I'm having lunch at Brio. It's, I don't know, 
10 years ago. So I'm in my late 40s, and I'm having lunch at Brio. And a guy comes up, and he taps me on the shoulder. He says, John Hancock. And I look up at him. Coach McAvoy, how are you? It's Coach McAvoy. He said, you know, I to this day, I regret cutting you from the basketball team at Pattonville High School. And I said, well, you shouldn't have done that, Coach. Uh, <laughs> I did have one uh, yeah. the story. Uh, Mark Burley, the lefty from the yes. Chicago went to Howell North. Yes. And uh, a guy who I worked with, a colleague, I, I will not mention the name. No, no. Okay. But they cut Mark Burley in his first couple years at the high school at, at Howell North. the baseball team? Yes. But Mark, back then, they said he was only 5'1 and about 110 pounds. And uh, he grew into that body as he got wow. older. So, yeah. So that's one of those stories that you, that you wow. kind of hear about. Oh, they so, cut Mark Burley. Uh, uh-huh. Well, that's kind of cool. I guess. You know? Well, and he always told me, he said, the reason I cut him was to save his arm so that when he got to the major leagues, it can't wear it out. <laughs> well, there you go. And he still lives in St. Charles, Mark yes, Burley. Yeah, I believe he's still in, in St. Charles. Great City. guy yes, from yeah. all accounts. Absolutely. Just a really wonderful guy. Yes. Well, that, it, my first job in politics, after I stopped being a candidate, I became the executive director of the Missouri Republican Party. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to run this place. Right. You know, and your brother-in-law, Michael, was running the Democrat Party at the same time. And uh, so I said, who are our vendors? And they said, well, you hear so and so and so and so. And I said, well, let me see these contracts. And I'm going to review all the contracts. Our direct mail vendor was some company I'd never heard of is Carl Rove and Company. And uh, and they're out of Texas. And I and I thought, you know, let's this. This is a ridiculous contract. You know, he's getting, we're paying this guy too much. I'm going to fire this company. <laughs> so I got on the phone my second day on the job, and I, can I talk to Carl Rove? Play, who's calling? Uh, I said, this is John Hancock. I'm the executive director of the Missouri Republican Party. And she said, one moment, please. And so Carl gets on the phone. And Mr. Rove, uh, we're going to relieve you of your contract here in the Missouri Republican. So that was my first, that was my firing. And uh, six years later, he's running the presidential campaign and I got to meet him face to face. And so, but uh, we get along fine now. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I think one of the other flip sides that we had on on that, uh, Terry Hollander, I coached at St. Charles. Terry Hollander, great basketball. One yeah. of the maybe greatest basketball coaches this region has ever produced. I have to agree with you. Yep. And uh, we had a young man that was out in 1995, came out for the team. But our soccer and our football teams overlapped. They, yes, and they were going on to the playoffs in the state. So we had a young man that was on our team that probably wasn't going to make the team. In those days, those t- the kids couldn't cross over and play right. basketball until the season was over. Yeah. So we kept him around one week. We said, okay, we'll keep him for a week. Our teams will probably lose, and then we'll cut him loose. Yeah. Well, the teams won. We had to keep him around another week. The young man stayed on the team, battled. He ended up playing a lot for us, and we won the state championship that year. So How about he got to that? be a part of that. They so should that, make a movie about they that. They should. That voice you hear is Paul Boschert. He is the athletic director of Duchenne High School. He's also Michael Kelly's brother-in-law. He's also a really great Guy, we're going to step aside for a couple of minutes. Kyle's going to play you some very important information. And when we come back, our NFL insider joins us for another fascinating recap of the week that was in the National Football League. That's next on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Working on a night move. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. The Dallas Cowboys. And now, as he does every Monday night, our NFL insider, John Hancock. How are you, John? Doing good, doing good live from the Windy City where football is back to not being a great time up here. Yeah, no kidding. It's bad. Paul Boschert, Michael Kelly's brother-in-law, is joining me in studio this evening, John. And uh, we're going to quiz you about what was a fascinating week in the National Football League. Let's start with... The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, what was that? Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes, uh, tough, tough performance. Uh, allegedly had the flu before the game. Uh, and, you know, his decision-making did not look as sharp as we've become accustomed to. They still moved the ball well, but they just had a lot of turnovers and they couldn't punch it in when they did find the red zone. And Russell Wilson and the Broncos, for the first time since the Obama administration, have defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> How about the, you know, they both scored three times, but they were touchdowns for Denver and field goals for Kansas City. That was a quite the upset. The other upset we saw, what is going on with the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, so the uh, clock may be striking midnight for Mr. Brock Purdy. Mystery relevant. We're starting to see that maybe there was a reason that uh, he was the last guy taken in the draft last year. He's, he's come back down to earth uh, in a big way. Debo Samuel has been out because he was surrounded by some of the best offensive weapons ever put together, um, you know, with McCaffrey at running back, Kittle, Ayuk, receiver, and then Debo. And you take away some of those pieces. McCaffrey's not nearly as effective running the ball. Uh, they're also without their starting left tackle. And he's uh, it's fallen on his shoulders, and he hasn't been able to rise to the occasion. This is the fifth time, I believe, a team has started 5-0 and and then lost three consecutive, and none of those teams have – gone on to make the Super Bowl, and two of them didn't even make the playoffs. John, how about Jacksonville? They're quietly uh, making some noise here. It's a team that's uh, been kind of a losing program for the last few years. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're 6-2, and two and not not a lot to talk about them, but you know they are 6-2 and two in that weak AFC South. <laughs> Looks like they're going to walk into the playoffs. They just had an impressive win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Trevor Lawrence, I don't even think he's played up to his full potential yet this year, so there's still room for improvement. Jags are going to be a fun team to watch, and maybe they can make some noise in the AFC, but that's to be determined. Hey, John, one thing. Let's go back to that Kansas City game. I think maybe the biggest problem they had was Taylor Swift was not at the game yesterday. I don't know. Uh, that could be. That could be. I mean, if you look at – Did we lose our NFL insight? Yeah. No, there you are. You're back. Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry no, about no, that. He gets, he gets, he gets a little, excited with he gets Taylor a little Swift. Clamped when Taylor Swift is comes he one up. of the Swifties? Yeah, no, He's no. Been to two and, Taylor Swift concerts, this guy up in Chicago. He could have. He I could have, have yeah. been Travis Kelsey, but he didn't. Uh, didn't make it backstage. 
No, I, I could have been Travis Kelsey with a little more time in the gym, uh, gym growing up. I know there was some talk about team managers, and that's unfortunately where I fell uh, during my time in high school. <laughs> he got the, he's got the old man's DNA, this guy. Well, I'm looking forward to next week uh, in Germany uh, with Kansas City and Miami. And that's an intriguing game. And as a, as a young kid, two of my favorite teams growing up was Kansas City and Miami when they, you know, the Shula versus Hank Stram back in those days. So I think this might be the first time these two teams have been relevant in the same year since maybe the 70s. Yeah, it certainly feels like it. In Miami, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sold on them. I think they may be more pretenders than contenders at this point. Tua's, you know, been great in that system, uh, but they're overly reliant on Tyreek Hill and his speed is just absolutely game-breaking. It'll be interesting to see because this is the best uh, defense the Chiefs have had during Andy Reid's tenure. Our sports insider, John Hancock, joins us. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line, as he does every Monday at this time. Uh, let's go down the road a piece down to the sunny state of Florida, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that showed some promise early on, uh, didn't quite get over the line yesterday. What seems to be wrong with those Buccaneers, John? Well, I think what's wrong with those Buccaneers is that they didn't have a great roster going into the season, and Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, is not going to be a quarterback that's going to elevate a team. It actually is unfortunate for Baker because I think he would be a much better quarterback than we've seen from Deshaun Watson back in Cleveland, but they cut bait with him. I think a team like Cleveland where you have a defense that is stacked, Baker's going to be able to be okay, but when you have a team like Tampa where you don't have a star-studded roster, he's not going to do much. He's a you know below-average quarterback at best, and they got off to a hot start. Now that the schedule has been toughening up, we're starting to see Baker and, uh, you know, I know – an unnamed brother-in-law of uh, one of you two gentlemen was high on Baker Mayfield early this season, and he has been proven uh, to have been misguided in those early season, <laughs> early season declarations. Well, you still think Baker Mayfield's a fraud, do you? I mean, he, of course he's a fraud. He is a fraud. I mean, he's demonstrated it time and time again. I think most people see that. I, I do think he's going to have an interesting career because I think he's going to become the guy where you go to uh, when you – you need a one-year quarterback, but you know he's not the long-term answer. So I think he's going to end up being one of these guys who will play for a good number of teams, and he'll just keep bouncing around the league and you know, probably another five, six years until he got has to settle up on a backup role for the remainder. Well, of course, I'm not an NFL insider. I'm just a, you know, kind of an observant fan. I kind of follow it a little bit. But uh, I want to throw a theory past you and see if the NFL insider concurs with my analysis here. So Let's hear it. Yesterday, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, who's had a pretty darn good year. He has, uh, yeah. He rip, ruptures his Achilles tendon, becoming the second Achilles victim in the NFL this year behind Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings need a quarterback. I think the choice for them is the backup quarterback, Jameis Winston. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like Jameis Winston. I'm a fan. Uh, he's a bit of a character, and he he's a fine quarterback. He's certainly not good, but, you know, I don't think he's terrible. I think he could be a good stopgap. Uh, well, I'm going to float something out to you. It's been a few months. He's been sitting there. Tom Brady, do we dare think he may dust off the boots and step in there for the Minnesota Vikings? The 53-year-old Tom Brady, isn't it? 53-year-old <laughs> Tom Brady. I, I just want to go on record as breaking this news if it does happen. Tom Brady to the Minnesota Vikings. You heard it here from the NFL Insider on Hancock and Kelly late nights, Monday night, KMOX. Wow. Wow. Now, that would be something. That would be If that happens, I'm going to buy you a Starbucks. 
I mean, uh, it, I was. I thought you were going to say a Tom Brady Vikings jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the guy, by the way, our NFL insider, John Hancock. When he was uh, a teenager, he would he would walk the dog. We had a golden retriever, lovely golden Gracie, and uh, he would put on his Michael Vick jersey and, and go walk the dog. <laughs> uh, I would just like the record to show it was the Eagles Michael Vick jersey, Not so the he'd Atlanta already Falcons done his one. time. Yeah. Not the Falcons <laughs> one. He was a changed man. I was showing uh, the you know, process of redemption in that, showing that everyone deserves a second chance. Shout out to Michael Vick, by the way. Great second half of his career and a, and a great great post, uh, post-retirement career as well in the booth. How about Chase Daniels? What's he doing these days? He's still backing up the Chargers? I'm pretty sure he's officially done. I Is think last done? year was his final year. Um, but yeah, what a career for that guy! Over 40 million in earnings, and he, you know, Blaine Gabbert's kind of following in yeah. his footsteps, and I think Drew Locke maybe as well. We may be back up QBU here at the zoo. Did I see former Mizzou quarterback James Franklin as a as a college head coach? Or am I dreaming? No, that? no so so you, you saw James Franklin was a head coach of Penn State, but that that is not our James. Oh, Franklin. it's not our James. two different James. Oh Franklins. well, you know there's a lot of James Franklins running around. All right, we can't let you go, John, without getting your thoughts on this very big Saturday coming up. The Mizzou Tigers traveling down to Georgia to face the Georgia Bulldogs. Is there any reason for any of us to have any hope for a victory? No, well, there absolutely is. I mean, last year we had a much worse team. Georgia had a much better team. We played them close, losing by four points. Really, you could argue we lost the game. We should have won last year. And like I said, we are better this year. We're 15-point underdogs is what the line opened. Crazier things have happened. I, I think there's reason to cautiously believe Georgia hasn't beat anyone this year. They haven't looked too good, and they've had a very weak schedule for the SEC thus far. I think there's reason to be optimistic, but I, I wouldn't get your hopes up too high. But, you know, a little hope can go a long way. Let's put a little mark on that tape, shall we, Kyle, and see uh, perhaps if that some semi-prediction comes true. John Hancock, our NFL insider, joins us as he does every Monday. Have a good time in Chicago. I hope, uh, hope you're keeping warm out there. Try my best, try my best. All right, have a great night. You take, bet. When take we care, come, John. When we come back. Take care. Paul and I are going to break down what we saw late, late, late last night at City Park in St. Louis. Of course, that was the soccer game, and I bet some of you stayed up late as well. That's next on Camel X. That's a left, left foot, curls Jackson, flicked a header, now Parker, they shoot, they score! No. Uh, That was Joey Zanaboni, the voice of the St. Louis City SC on our sister station, Y98. I guess we carried the game live here as well last night on KMOX. And it was Sunday night, Doug, or Paul. <laughs> Doug was your cousin, right? Uncle. Oh, your uncle, Doug. Oh, I yeah. served in the legislature. Yes, you did. Him. Paul Boschert is our guest. Uh, he's uh, in for Michael Kelly, who's <clears throat> vacationing. And uh, so it was a lovely weekend. Friday night was great. You know, Saturday we had the neighborhood Halloween party and all the kids. It was a little cold, but rainy or whatever. Sunday comes along. It's lovely Sunday. Football games. And I made the commitment, Doug, Paul. I made the, I am getting old, you know. I made the commitment, Paul, that I was going to stay up and watch that sucker. It's supposed to come on at 9 o'clock. Well, 9 o'clock comes, and they're talking and talking. The game didn't start till about 9.30. It was a late night. 
And I'm not a big soccer aficionado. Did you stay up and watch that game? I did. We were uh, we were watching Yellowstone, which we uh, we started to watch. We didn't get to oh. watch it when it was uh, on. You know when they put it on the uh, yeah. Prime and stuff like that. So we've uh, watched that every Sunday night, and it got over about nine ten. And then I told Colleen, I said, "You and Colleen watching Yellowstone." Yellowstone, there. and then we decided that uh, let's let's flip on the. Uh, Did the she hang game. in there with you, Colleen? Uh, a little bit, yeah. but she, yeah. And again, I'm like you, John. I'm not. Uh, a soccer aficionado, right? But I have to admit, uh, in the last year, I, I've really kind of uh, followed it because of the fact it's that local. It's local. Our it's our team. Um, you know, Ted Lasso really got me going. You oh, know? well, there I, you I go. I love that show, yeah. and uh, and then I've got a nephew that plays collegiately, so I've kind of followed him. Oh, he's so, something else. That nephew, yours. yeah, he's, he's very, over at SIU, SIU Edwardsville. Edwardsville, and he's great. Yeah. And uh, so I've been following that. So soccer's kind of coming back into my. A repertoire of watching sports. So last night uh, we flip it on, and I did uh, too. and you know I I did. I stayed up and I watched uh, them go up one nothing. We come right back and Boom. we tie it. Tim I, Parker. I think hey we're in good shape. Yes. Yeah. And then the wheels fell. It off. got ugly fast. Yeah. And you know so folks, if you're if you're not the, quite the soccer expert that I am, <clears throat> uh, you may not know that St. Louis City SC was the number one team in the Western Conference. We've got home field pitch, whatever you call it, advantage throughout the playoffs. And we're playing the number eight seed, the Kansas City Sporting, whatever they are, we don't care. And uh, we beat them a couple times this year. They beat us one time. And you figure, you know, it's this is a best of three series. And the first game's on our home stadium. The fans are going crazy. It's raining outside. You got to think, you know, this is going to be great. I even poured myself a club soda. And I sat there and I'm watching the game and it's one-to-one, that goal we just heard, Tim Parker. Who lives lives across the street from our own Charlie Brennan? I don't really, know if he, yes, I did not know that. Does, yeah. a little tidbit. <laughs> yeah, it is a little tidbit. And uh, and then the wheels fell. Now, what what happened? And you're so you're a sports director. You're you're an athletic director. So you've seen a lot of soccer. What happened to that team last night? Well, like I said, I'm not aficionado when it comes to soccer, but it just seemed like we just weren't hitting on all cylinders last night. We were turning the ball over, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and things like that. But uh, I kind of, you know, I look at this team, and you kind of look at what Sporting KC did. We got out so good and did everything so good. All the records that we've broken this year as an expansion team. Yep. You know, Kansas City was oh seven and they three. They were horrible. They were horrible. Yeah. And, and and all of a sudden they put it together. You know, so, so they're the hot hand coming in. And they're the two thousand six Cardinals. And the two thousand eleven. Yes. Was, they were ten or eleven games out. Yeah. And and they came back. And I've got a theory from watching this kind of stuff that you know, if you look at look at the World Series this year. You got Texas and Arizona, two teams that had to fight and claw their way to get into the playoffs. Yes. And the Braves and the Dodgers are gone. They're coasted and then, then poof. Yeah. poof. So I think it's a, I think it's an athletic thing where, you know, if you're not playing for something, it's really hard to keep yourself at a at, yeah. a at a top level where these other teams like Sporting KC, they had to battle their tails off to get into the playoffs and they're still in that mode where, you know, SC, we you know, we didn't have to you know, we didn't have to do this well, at the end. Well, that could be. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I had had an eye on Klaus last night. You know, I'm thinking Klaus is going to get it done. He's always he's always there, Klaus. You know, little guy, little bald guy. And I like bald guys. You know, I'm partial to him. And, uh, you know, he's running up and down the field there. And I figured Klaus. And then you got the Leuven back there. Well, there's another guy that's pretty good. Uh, whatever his first name is, Leuven. And Berkey, our goalie. And Berkey. He's, he's got how many? They, he's... He, He's the man sleeps on clean sheets every night. This guy, I mean, he's unbelievable, and and and, and it just it just it just didn't happen. Now, can St. Louis come back? 
Oh, I think they can. You know, it's a three-game series. We've had success against them uh, during the regular season, and I think we can go out there and win there, and then we get another home game out of this, you know. You hate to win here at home and go win in Kansas City. Here now you get a chance to win it at home. Here's what I don't get. So it's a it's a series, which I think my understanding is this is kind of unusual for soccer, right, a best of three, because it's usually – it's like – Football. It's one and done after One and this. done, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, speaking of football, did you see the Saturday Night Sketch this week? No, I didn't. Uh, so it's it's George Washington uh, explaining to the troops his, his vision for America. <laughs> and he says, he says, men in America, we're going to use pints and cups and quarts and gallons. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> they said, how many pints are in a gallon, Mr. President? He says, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he says, and we're going to use feet and yards and miles while the rest of the world is going to use whatever they're going to use. And, and they said, well, Mr. President, there's 12 inches in a foot. Yes, he said. So there's 12 feet in a yard. No, no. There's three feet in a yard. <laughs> and they said, well, how many yards in a mile, Mr. President? He says, nobody knows. <laughs> how many feet are in a mile? He said, 5,280, because that's easy to remember. And they, and they said, now, we're still going to use we're still going to use meters, but we're only going to use it in sports that nobody cares about, like swimming and running. <laughs> but for the rest of the things, we're going to use feet and yards. And like in football, he said, it's a... It's a it's a yard line. It's you run a hundred yards down the field, and they said, "Football, Mr. President, is that how they play? How do they play football?" He says, "Well, they throw the ball and they catch it," and they said, "But, Mr. President, it's called football. Do they not kick the ball?" And he says, "Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "How many points is that worth, Mr. President?" He said, "Well, sometimes three, and sometimes one." <laughs> it was just it was a really good sketch. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so the uh, yeah, so the city SC, uh, they've got the game now. I don't really fault Berkey with the goals. I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't think the he guys could, were open and they I, yeah, and the and the guys hit him right where no he was. No soft goals. Yeah, yeah, but they were outside the box, so it, it, it was a pretty far kick. So it wasn't like he was in in the box. So uh, I, I thought maybe uh, he maybe got screened on a couple, but I think the, our defense didn't. Get up on him. And well, the defense has been has been the Achilles yes. heel all season yes. for this team. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, unmitigated success the first year. Clearly, it's the best expansion performance ever in the history of the Major League Soccer. And you know, you hope they advance. They should advance, but they may not advance. And still, have you been down to experience the stadium? I have. I experienced the stadium because my nephew played in the bronze boot game against oh, St. Louis U. Yeah. So we were down there, and that was a, that was a big upset for them over St. Louis U. First yeah. time in many years. But it's a beautiful facility, and uh, and we do watch the games. You know, we'll we'll pick it up uh, on Apple and right. things like that during the regular season. So we do watch them. They kind of remind me. Uh, you know, probably a little too younger than I did, but when Blues expansion back in 67. Oh, sure. That very first year. Yeah, they the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they yeah. get to the Stanley Cup finals. Now, back then, that's when they had the expansion teams were all whole, in one division. Right, one conference. So the Blues got out of that, yeah. and I think they lost to Montreal one, one year in Boston, Boston, the other. Yeah. Yep. And so I was kind of thinking that maybe that's the way you know, the, our city team was going to do this year. You know, they finish well, and maybe they get to the Who knows? And well, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Thank we, God it's not a one-game deal. And they've got, But there's a week in between games. 
Yeah. I don't, I mean, let's get it over with for the love of Pete, you know, and let's see see what's going to happen. It will, it'll take some time. Now, I'm hosting uh, in high school. I got a district soccer tournament. We're playing tonight, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to do it in three nights and get a get How's, a the, how's the team performing out there? Doing well. Our, yeah. our team is having a very good year, the top seed in our district wow. uh, coming up here this week. So they uh, they play Wednesday night. Uh, they'll play Ellsbury, and then if they win that, they'll play the winner of Soldan and uh, Steam Academy, which is in our we're class one, the small class, and uh, but they're having a great year. And, Soldan uh, has a soccer team. Yes, huh. and, and the ones you always worry about them, they have a lot of the international students there, oh. so you don't know who's coming, who we're going to see, and who we're going to play. So that's right. Yeah. So and of course, the who who among us has not heard of the vaunted Ellsbury uh, Club out there? Where the heck is Ellsbury? Up north, uh, up seventy nine. Oh, that's yeah. in Pike County. Yeah, it is. There. Yes, I believe it is. <laughs> I think you know better than I do. I've been to Pike <laughs> County. Have you been to? Well, I guess you've been. I've to been Pike. through it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's Paul Bosher, ladies and gentlemen. He's filling in for Michael Kelly tonight. When we come back, we're going to turn it a little bit serious. Uh, big announcement in the world of politics today: St. Louis County um, prosecuting attorney Wesley Bell, who had announced earlier this year that he was going to run for the United States Senate, has dropped out of that race and made an announcement that he's going to be taking on Congresswoman Cori Bush in the Democratic primary for Congress in August of next year. We'll break that down, talk a little politics next. It's Hancock and Kelly Late Night on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, having a great time here chatting in between uh, segments with Paul Boschert. He's sitting in for Michael Kelly, his brother-in-law. Michael is uh, shockingly out of town. Uh, Michael does a lot of traveling, doesn't he, Paul? He does, and... uh... Rightfully so, because he's he's earned all that travel that he does. But I guess he's down in Florida, heading back tonight. I believe. To, he, hope he brings some of that heat back with him. No though. kidding. What happened? I I went to a wedding on Friday night in Jefferson City, and so Friday it's eighty degrees outside. You know, a lovely day. Get in the car. The wedding's at four o'clock, which is you know that's another story. So you get in the car. It's eighty degrees. You're driving down, and by the time we parked the car in Jefferson City at the church, it was. 51 degrees. I mean, whoosh, yep. just like that. And then coming home, I mean, man. We went to dinner that night. Uh, we usually do an early dinner. We were probably about 3, 30, 4 o'clock. We, we hit out the restaurant. We're all in shirt sleeves. It's Where'd eight. you go? We went to Rookie's, which is in St. Oh, one of yeah. our favorite establishments, right down the street from my mother-in-law's. Yeah. And so we all went over there, and we all walk in with our, you know, polo shirts on yeah. and look, you know, real comfortable. And yeah. we're eating and probably about three-fourths done through the meal, we see all these people walking in with parkas on, and you're just like, something's going on out there. And when we left, it, it probably dropped 25, 30 yeah. degrees. I mean, it was it was incredible. Yeah. It's very cold out there tonight. If uh, Folks, if you're warm at home by the fire, I hope, uh, I hope you're enjoying that because it is cold out there. We may get a freeze overnight. Might break a record from the 1800s. So 1878. I remember that. You remember winter. that one? Yeah, that was uh, that was particularly bad in 1878, and uh, you know we came out of it and got into the 1880s eventually. But uh, that was tough. Wasn't it crazy though that last week? I think on Friday we came within a couple degrees of breaking the high for yeah. that day. Yeah. And then a day or two later we're, we're breaking the low. We're breaking a low. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's, the weather in St. Louis is unbelievable, and the politics in St. Louis is also unbelievable. Big announcement today. We'll talk about this for a little bit. Uh, so Cori Bush, the congresswoman from St. Louis, she defeated Lacey Clay four years ago or so. Uh, she's been a controversial lightning rod figure, uh, and she's been most noteworthy, I think, during the Biden administration for not voting with the Biden administration. She voted against the infrastructure bill. 
that he passed. Heck, she voted against defense spending with, with Boeing as the largest employer in her district. And she's been very noteworthy of late backing uh, the Palestinian cause uh, against Israel and joining with a small number of Democrats who hold that position. And a lot of people consider Cori Bush to be a radical figure. And a lot of people consider her to not be a particularly effective congresswoman for St. Louis. And so here we have the prosecutor in St. Louis County, Wesley Bell, who earlier this year announced he was running uh, for the United States Senate against uh, Josh Hawley, the Republican incumbent. Uh, There are a couple of other Democrats in that primary race as well. Today, Wesley Bell withdrew from the Senate race and announced that he was going to take on Cori Bush in the Democratic primary. That Paul Boschert is going to be an interesting campaign. I think so, too. And again, I'm I'm not much into politics, John. You know that. But uh, just from observing in St. Charles, you know, it's uh, I, I kind of respect what Wesley Bell's done and his job down here in St. Louis. And uh, I do agree that these are two polarizing figures at opposite ends that I think probably will be a, a lot of talk with this election. You know, I think the one thing you can say about Wesley Bell, because he came into office um, around the same time as Kim Gardner took over the uh, circuit attorney's job in St. Louis City. Both of them have kind of a progressive bent on judicial reform, criminal justice reform. Kim Gardner's experience was a disaster. And, uh, you know, the the caseload, the dismissed cases, the lawyers not showing up in court, and blah, blah, blah. Wesley Bell, uh, and there were some of the same concerns, frankly, about him when he got elected, but he's actually done the job. He's actually prosecuting criminals, and he is reforming the criminal justice system in a way that I think many people uh, find refreshing. And so he's got a very interesting track record. That seat is going to be held by a Democrat, the first congressional district in St. Louis City and County. There's no chance for a Republican to win that seat. And I think that race is going to be really fascinating. If they can keep it, and this is the the key, I think, if the Democrats can keep this to a two-way race, they'll have a real shot at at, at toppling Cori Bush. If another Democrat or more gets in, she's almost guaranteed to win because she's got a small, committed, passionate base of support. And if if you divide that electorate up more than two ways, I just don't see how you beat her. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like I said, is it Brian Williams that it's somebody or not? Is that, yes, uh, I State heard that Senator name Brian came out. Williams. Yeah, that, and not, not to be confused with the guy on NBC. Yeah, or, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. retired Brian Williams. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Brian Williams, state senator from North St. Louis County, very impressive, effective state senator. And I, you know, that's uh, of course that's not my uh, that's not in my bailiwick to tell the Democrats what to do, but they're going to need to work something out if the objective is to defeat Cory Bush. They're going to have to figure that out uh, one way or another. But it, it got me to thinking, because you are you a lifelong St. Charles kid? Lifelong, born Which, and raised in, in St. Charles, Old Town St. Charles. Yeah. That's where I grew up uh, yeah. as a young kid and uh, uh, still live in St. Charles. Well, the Boschert family goes way back in St. Charles. Well, you look at uh, in my relatives going back through generations. Uh, you know, my Uncle Doug, who yeah. you referred to several oh, times here tonight with me. Calling you, Doug. Yeah. He was the mayor of St. Charles a uh, period of time. He uh, was in the back. state legislature, Yes, too. he was there, too. I believe with you. He was. Yeah, and did a great job with that. And, uh, you know, he had private business that he that he had in St. Charles. But uh, they all grew up. His family grew up down on uh, 3rd and Baird Street in St. Charles, which back then, 
then it was the river to Lindenwood. That was pretty much yeah. uh, St. Charles, and that's where they all grew up. And, and my, my mother grew up on Benton a couple of blocks from there. So it was all centrally located there. It was a small little town in, in St. Charles. And then eventually we got into the uh, the 70s and 80s. That's when everybody started moving. From, the migration. Yes, from St. Louis out to St. Charles. Yeah, because I grew up in North County, North St. Louis County. And, you know, when our neighborhood emptied out, most of the people moved to St. Charles, and St. Charles is full of North St. Louis County residents today, and they've chosen to go live there for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it's a safe community. Uh, it's a growing community. Uh, it's got a great park system. The schools are outstanding. Uh, it is, it is, I think, arguably the most thriving county in this entire metropolitan region. And uh, so I'm curious, as somebody that spent his entire life there, um, you can make a case that St. Charles is kind of the jewel in terms of living, working, raising a family in, in this entire region. How concerned are you, Doug, about the encroaching crime uh, from St. Louis and what, we've, what we're experiencing on this side of that river? Yeah, I, I think it's something that we do, uh, you know, take seriously in St. Charles. Uh, you know, we are a bigger city. It's growing, and we have a lot of people coming from St. Louis that live out there. And, and, and now now what we're seeing, you know, it kind of worries us. You see a lot of people in St. Charles, the city of St. Charles, moving out west O'Fallon out to Wentzville. Uh, yeah, which 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 you're seeing that next wave, and uh, so it does kind of concern us a little bit. But you know, being a lifelong St. Charles person, uh, you know that I went to school there. I mean, I went to Lindenwood there. Yeah. It's in the city there. I worked there. It's in the blood. Gen. It is. I, I and I just never left like a lot of my people did. That is Doug. <laughs> you're gonna Bosch. get this right, John. You got another hour. I'm never hour. gonna get it right. We're gonna visit with Maria Kina after the news. Stick around. It's John Hancock and Paul Boschard in for Michael Kelly on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.